Amen. Well, if you enjoyed that preaching, say Amen. Thank God. If you enjoyed being in church, say Amen. If you're glad you ain't going to hell, somebody say Amen. Thank God. If you got your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 24. Luke, chapter number 24. And uh, while you're finding your place, let me say, Brother David, I sure do uh, thank you for and uh, I'm honored that you'd allow ask me to uh, to stand and to look across the congregation this morning. Many of my heroes and and uh, people that I look up to, uh, I'm, I count it a great honor to be able to stand by God, behind God's holy sacred desk. Amen. Now, don't take it lightly that God would allow me to be up here. I know where I listen. I know where I ought to be. Amen. And it's not here this morning, but I'm glad. Thank God where sin did abound, His grace did much more abound. Amen. And uh, Luke chapter number 24, and uh, we're going to begin reading in verse number 13, and to read several verses. And uh, I trust you're familiar with your Bible to know that we are on, in chapter 24, resurrection ground. And I understand Easter is a few weeks away, but I think it'd be alright this morning to get a good amen on thank God on that third day Jesus did resurrect from the grave. Amen? And uh, we're finding in this text we're going to look at yesterday while uh, Brother Elwood was preaching, I told my grandfather this morning, I said he tiptoed all through what I was going to preach. And you said, did that make you nervous? No, I just got excited that the same God that spoke to him spoke to me. Amen? <laughs> amen. And uh, I thank God. I counted it a blessing. Amen. I said, well, if, we, if I'm wrong, he's wrong. Amen. And, but uh, no, I'm glad he got it right. Amen. And uh, Luke chapter number 24, 24 verse number 13. And uh, we're going to begin reading there. The Bible said, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. And He said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another, and you walk and are sad? And the one of them whose name was Cleophas answering said unto Him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? They said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and a word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him, not to, uh, delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been He which should have redeemed Israel. Besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and a certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not His body, let me say this, the reason why they found not His body is because His body wasn't there. Amen? Let me say, way before the S-U-N ever arose, I'm glad the S-O-N had already done gotten up. Amen? Amen. The Bible said, uh, he talked about they did not find Him. Verse number 25, Then He said unto them, O fools and slow of hearts to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ that suffered these things and to enter into His glory? Listen to verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, 
He expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning Himself. And, as the, and, the, and they drew nigh unto the village whether they went. And he made as though He would have gone further. But they constrained Him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And He went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as He sat at meat with them, He took bread and blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew Him, and He vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while He talked with us by the way? And while He opened the script, opened us the Scriptures, and they arose up the same hour, returned to Jerusalem, and found the eleven gathered together, and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way, in the way and how He was known to them of the breaking of bread. Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Pray with us and for us, if you will. Our Father, in Jesus' name, dear God, as we stand this morning, Lord God, we stand in a place where we dare not stand alone. But God, I pray, Father, this morning that you hide me in the cloak of my calling. I pray, Father, hide me behind the cross of Calvary. I pray, God, that they not see me. But Father, I pray they see you high and lifted up. I need you this morning, Father. And I pray that, God, that you get all the honor and all the glory for what you do now in our midst. Thank you for the preaching that we've already heard. And now, God, we pray that you help us. We'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen and amen. When we come to the text that we've read this morning, we find uh, the Bible tells us that there are two on this road, the road called Emmaus. We know, if you study, we read it this morning, we find that we know one of their names, but David is Cleophas. Now we understand the other one in this text. Their name is not mentioned, but I personally believe, if you disagree, I won't fall out with you, but I believe that the other one was Cleophas' wife. Because if you go back to the account of Calvary, you'll find that the Bible says at Calvary uh, there was Mary, the wife of Cleophas. Now, if that don't help you believe that it was his wife, you'll find out that they're going to the same house. And I like to would believe that it's a husband and wife living together, not two men. Can I get a witness this morning? Amen. And so I find this morning as I looked at this text, I know that this is a husband and a wife that's on of this road, the road called Emmaus. The Bible said that they've come in from Jerusalem. They were there when Jesus was crucified. They had seen their Messiah die. They had seen the one that they had trusted in. They had seen Him die. The Bible said at this time, it's the third day and He's not showed Himself to them. I mean, they're on this road, this road called Emmaus. And things in their life are not going well. If I begin to look at this by way of introduction, let me say, we find them on this road. We see they were bewildered in their steps. As I find in verse 13, it said, Behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. You find they're on this road. They're going home. But I find they're not going home in excitement. They're not going home being encouraged. They're not going home with a spring in their step. They're not going home with joy unspeakable and full of glory. But they're going home with their whole life being shattered, with their dreams falling apart, with things they trusted in. It looks like it's over and everything they put their confidence in is crumbling all around them. I say they're bewildered in their steps. 
But I find they were bothered in their speech. For verse 14 said, And they told together of all the things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. I begin thinking about this. They're on this road. And they're walking. It's a husband and a wife. And Brother David, as they're walking down this road, I find they think to themselves, there ain't nobody else around. It's just them two. And you know how it is. If you're married, uh, you got a, you got a spouse. If you're married, you got a spouse. Somebody say amen. But they're walking. You'll say things to your spouse that you wouldn't dare say to anybody else. And let me say this. You'll say things to your spouse that you wouldn't listen. You wouldn't. You, you'd say it to them because you trust them. You got confidence in them. And could you imagine on this day, as they're walking down this amazing road, um, Cleophas thinks he's the only, they're the only two on that road. But little do they know, Jesus is coming up behind them. And could you imagine, Cleophas looks over at Mary and said, I don't understand it. I mean, we trusted in him. We put our confidence in him. And now he's dead. And it's the third day. And everything we trusted in is gone. And Mary said, I don't get it. I mean, Simon Peter, he trusted the Lord. He was the leader of the group. He denied the Lord. We, we, we haven't seen Him. And all of a sudden they said, yeah, what about Judas? I mean, he was the treasurer. And now he, he he's, uh, he's uh, betrayed the Lord. And now he's committed suicide. Could you imagine what they were talking about? Their whole life was falling around them. And see, they were bothered in their speech. Can I say what goes on in your heart ain't going to be too long before it starts coming out of your mouth. Amen? We find they were bothered in their speech. But I noticed this. They were blind in their sight. You see, when Jesus showed up, the Bible said their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. You see, Jesus was there, but they didn't know it because He didn't want them to know it. The Bible said He had holding their eyes. They, he was there. They see this individual. They have no idea who it is. And all of a sudden, Jesus said, talks to him. He says in here in verse number, He said, but their eyes were holding that they should not know Him. But look what verse 17, He said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? See, Jesus is saying, what's going on? Why are you talking so sad? You see, what they were talking about was a past tense Savior. But they were talking about a past tense Savior with a present Savior. They were talking about, they said, we don't get it. He's dead. And I kind of imagine Jesus, they showed Himself to them yet. Yeah, he's walking behind them and He's listening to them. He starts talking to them. And all He hears them talking about, He had been this. They're talking about it in the past tense. We had trusted in Him. We had done this. We had done that. And little do they know, standing somewhere in the shadows, what's the Lord Jesus? I want to go on record and say, it may look like in your life that Jesus has left you. Jesus has forsaken you. But I'm glad as old preacher said, standing somewhere in the shadows, there's Jesus. I'm glad, thank God, there's been some times that I've been at the hospital and it looked like God had left me, God had forsaken me, but I want to say I'm glad, thank God, before it was all said and done, I'm glad the Lord would show up and make Himself known. They don't know it. They're blind in their sight. But this is, I said all that really to get to this thought. They were burnt out in their soul. Listen, verse 21. But we trusted could you make it put yourself there? We trusted. We trusted that it had been He which should have redeemed Israel. 
And besides all this, today is the third day since these things were done. You see, they were burnt out. And while Brother Elwood was preaching yesterday about the fire, and the Lord already done been putting this in my heart, and I got to think about, you know, there's a lot of God's people in this hour. Let's just be honest. They're burning out. I told my church Sunday, I said, some of y'all's problems, you ain't got to worry about burning out. You got to worry about rusting out. Because burning out means you're going, going, going. Rusting out means you ain't, ain't, ain't. Can I get a witness? And let me say this, some of y'all worried about burning out. You don't have to worry about burning out. You need to worry about rusting out. Amen? But I want to say this morning, as we find these two believers on this road to Emmaus, I find that they are burnt out. But you know, something happens at the end of the text that it says that when Jesus appears unto them, that when He, or when they, and he leads them, they said this did not our heart burn within us. That lets me know that if it had started burning in, that lets, that's pretty easy to know, there had to be a time when it went out. If it, if it began to burn again, common sense would let us know that it had to be burnt out. And I want to preach on this thought for the next few minutes. Oh, don't burn out. Burn on. Don't burn out. Burn on. I want to say to every preacher, don't burn out. Burn on. I want to say to every daddy, don't burn out. We need you to burn on. I want to say to every parent, I want to say to every child, I want to say to anyone that's here, we don't need you to burn out. We need you to burn on. You see three things in the text that Jesus did to help these two that was on this road to go from burning out to burning on. Let me say first of all, when Jesus showed up, let me just say this. The main thing is in your life to go from burnout is listen to me, it's for Jesus to show up. Listen, you can have the greatest preacher, amen. You can have the greatest singers, you can be in the greatest atmosphere, but if we don't got Jesus, it's all in vain. Amen. We can have everything else, we can have nice this, we can have nice that, but if we ain't got Jesus, we'd be all in vain unless the Spirit of the Holy One comes down. We've got to have the Lord. Jesus shows up. I'm interested to see what happens when He shows up. First thing I noticed that He did to help them from burning out to burning on. First of all, there was a word that must be received. A word that must be received. Listen what the Bible says. We find when Jesus shows up, look what He does when Jesus shows up. He said in verse 25, Then He said unto them, O fools! And slow of hearts to believe all that the prophets have spoken. You see the verse word when Jesus shows up. And let's remind you that as we find Jesus is the living word. Amen. Come on now somebody. But Jesus is the living word. And while Jesus is speaking, He's given them a word. I want to go on record and say, I thank God this morning for the Word of God. Amen. I want to go on record and say, I'm glad, as the preacher said last night, thank God for my King James Bible. I want to say, thank God for His Word. Jesus shows up. What's the first word He gave them? Well, we find He says, O fools and slow of hearts to believe all that the prophets have spoken. I find this was a rebuking word. You see, when He shows up, He deals with the problem. He don't beat around the bush. 
He don't tiptoe around, but he goes straight to what the problem is in their life. You know what he says? He says, oh fools and slow of hearts. Amen to believe. You see what he said? He said, your problem is not a head problem. Your problem is a heart problem. Your problem's a heart problem. I want to just go on record and say this. We walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. Can I get a witness? And what they were having a problem with is they were having a problem with their heart. You know what Jesus did? Jesus shows up and it goes straight for the heart. He goes straight for the heart. This was a heart matter. Can I just go and say this? There ain't never been a heart surgeon like the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no one better to trust your heart with than, than the Lord Jesus Christ. He begins to work on that heart. We find He gives them a rebuke. He says, oh fools, that means dull of hearing. He, he had told them over and over throughout the gospel accounts that this was going to happen. But the Bible said over and over again, they didn't get it. They didn't comprehend it. Jesus now saying, oh fools and slow of heart. It was a rebuking word, but stay with me. It was a reminding word. Listen to what He says. Then he said unto them, A fools of hearts, slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Look with me. He said in verse 17, he said, or in verse, um, uh, verse number, hold on just a second, I gotta find my place. Somebody help me. Verse 26, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? He says, Should we not, should he not have suffered first that he might enter into his glory? I just want to go on record and say this the application there is that suffering always goes before glory. And let me say this. You may be out in your life right now where you're suffering. i got good news. You don't, don't fall out. You stay in this thing because i got good news. There is coming a day when the sun is going to rise again. And there may be suffering in your life. But hear me and hear me well. I'm glad weeping may endure for the night. But I'm glad joy. I said joy is still going to come in the morning. He said, reminded them, ain't you glad for every time that God sent you a word that dealt with a problem? But I want to say there's been some times that I'm glad when He showed up, He just reminded me of what He'd already done. I want to go on record and say I'm glad for every time that He showed up and reminded me what He has done in the past to remind me if I did it back then, I can still do it right now. You know, somebody asked, oh, uh, Brother Lester Roloff about going to Israel. And you know, Brother Lester Roth, he was a unique character. I didn't know him, but I just listened to him. Somebody say amen. And I'll never forget, so he was talking about one day about people asking him about going to Israel. And this is what he said. He said, I, I, don't, I hope one day I get to go to Israel. He said, but I'm not too interested in going right now. He said, because I don't want to go where he has been. I want to be where he's at right now. And let me just say this. We've got a problem in this house. Everybody wants to talk about what has been. And they want to talk about pre-COVID. And they want to talk about all this. And they say it ain't never going to go back to normal. Let me just say this. I read my Bible. And it still said He's the same. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. And let me remind you this morning. God ain't changed. If He ever has done it, He still can do it. God's not up in heaven trying to figure out a new plan. Everything's running well in His Father's house. Amen. Let me say to you, it's a reminding word. And I love this. It's a revealing word. It's a revealing word. Look what he does. He starts talking to him. He said this. The Bible said, In the beginning that Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. See, they say on this journey, seven and I, they say some say seven to eight, some say seven to nine. We just know it was a long journey. 
And while they're on this road, we don't know how far along they were on their way home when Jesus showed up. But we do know that when He does show up, He gives them the Word. And this is what He does. He starts preaching to them. And this is the text that He takes. He starts out, the Bible says He started out of Moses. He started out in Genesis. And ended up in the book of Malachi. How'd you like it? You showed up at church on Sunday morning. And the preacher said our text is, we're starting in the book of Genesis, and we're going all the way through the book of Malachi. Amen. That's what he did. He showed up. He showed up and He gave them the Word. The Bible said He expounded. He revealed the Word unto them. Let me just say this. What we need in this hour is not less of the Word. What we need in this hour is not opinions. But what we need in the hour is whatever generation before us needed. It's the Word of God. We don't need man's opinions. We don't need man's applause. But we need the Word of God to be preached. He shows up and He gives them the Word. Let me tell you this. I, I, I saw when I read this. I, I love the part. I underlined it. When he shows up and preaches, he starts in Gen- Moses, Genesis, goes all the way through the prophets, the Malachi, and this is what he's this is what this is what he said. All the things concerning himself. Has it ever occurred to you that Jesus is the only preacher that can preach about himself and still be right with himself? You see, I remember I uh, heard of Brother Billy Canoy say this on the mountains of North Carolina. He said this Brother Elwood was the greatest Bible conference that's ever taken place. Because you've got the greatest teacher, Jesus. You've got the greatest text, Jesus. And you've got the greatest truth, Jesus. You say, that's real simple. Oh, it's a whole lot more simple than we think it is. Listen, He's the greatest teacher, Jesus. There ain't never been a greater one. I hate letting you preachers know there won't never be another greater one than the Lord Jesus. There ain't never been a greater text than that of Jesus. And there won't ever be a greater truth than that of Jesus. Let me say in this hour, you don't need new this. You don't need a new this. You need, thank God, what's always word, and it's Jesus. I thought about, my goodness, what, what, what could He have said? Maybe he begins it to explain that he was Abel's lamb. He was Noah's ark. He was Abraham's ram. He was Moses' bush. We said, I am the great I am. He was Aaron's rod that budded. He was Rahab's scarlet thread. He's Ruth's kinsman redeemer. He's Esther's Mordecai. He's David's shepherd. He's Isaiah's root out of a dry ground. He's Ezekiel's wheel inside of the wheel. He's Daniel's lion tamer. He's Malachi's refiner fire. He's a full of soap. He's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. You say, who are you talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. I say we're living in an hour, this selfie mentality where everybody wants to brag about what they do and they want to talk about how good they are. I don't know about y'all, but when I begin to do an inspection in my life, I don't like what I find. Amen. I know where I ought to be. I ought to be in hell. But let me say, if there's anybody that's worth talking about, it's not you, it's not me, but it's none other than Jesus. I've been blessed. Been blessed to be around some of the greatest preachers they ever put on shoe leather. You say, How'd you know? They told me. Oh, yeah. Bible said in the last days they'll be lovers of self. Can I remind you, this preacher just preached about John. He said when he would come about John, when John would talk about Jesus, he said, I must decrease, he must increase. I'm not even worthy to unloosen his shoe latches. I'm not even worthy to be mentioned in the same room with him. I'm not even worthy. But oh, ain't you glad that thank God, though we ain't worthy, I'm glad he's made us worthy by the blood of the Lamb. He shows up and he gives them a word. 
I want to say, I believe, let me say to every preacher, I know I don't know much, but I know this much. I'm glad the Word still works. Listen, games and gadgets, they'll change all the time. But oh, I'm glad the Word remained true. Amen? They'll come and they'll go. But let me say what we need in this hour is what remained true, and that's the Word of God. There was a Word that must be received. Let me hasten and say this. Secondly, you're going to go from burning out to burning on. There must be a, a want that must be rendered. You see, when Jesus is talking with them, and He goes, the Bible said the day was far spent. They made it to the house. They were going to go in. They noticed that Jesus just kept on walking. And they look over to Him and say, they were aware that He was going to continue on. He was going to keep on going. I got to thinking about that. See, this won't. Let me just say this this morning. What's happened to our won't? Our won't. You see, they noticed, they were conscious that He was going to continue on. And they didn't want Him to. They were conscious to the fact that His presence was going to keep on walking. This is what they said, hey, that journey we just came off of, we ain't never heard someone speak like that. So why don't we get him to why don't we get him to come into the house? Let me just say this. I know he lives within us. I'm glad he lives within the heart of the believer. The Bible still says if we have not the Spirit of God, then we're none of his. I'm glad we've been sealed under the day of redemption. Can I get a witness? I'm glad the Holy Ghost lives within us. But though he said he never would leave us nor forsake us, I'm glad he indwells me. Somebody say amen. But I want Him to manifest Himself. I want Him to show up and to show out. Can I say to you what they realized was they realized their need. We don't want Him to leave. We don't want Him to go. We want Him to come home with us. My goodness, that journey wasn't that long. Days far spent. The days ahead. Why don't He come in and stay with us for a little while? Can I say to you this morning what we need is we need to get Him back in our homes. Mamas and daddies, we need to get them back in. Listen, friend, it do every one of us good. A friend to say, God, we gotta have you not only in church, but we gotta have you back in our house. We gotta have you back in everything we do. When's the last time when you just you said the Lord already knows? I know He does, but He likes to be for you to hear you say it that you just want Him in your life. Can I say to you, there was the want, the consciousness of this want. I was reading this one day. Second, I was reading this one day. You know how we are about reading our Bible. I know how I am. I just scan through it, read it real fast. And one morning I read it and the Lord told me to go back and read it again. So I went back and read it again. And y'all pray for me. I don't always get it on the first time. Can I get a witness? My wife was here. She'd say, Amen. But he goes back and, he, and the Lord tells me to go. And I got to look at that. The Bible said they were, I said they were conscious. But notice this. It said, they constrained him. See that? He said, as they drew nigh to the village where the river first went, they went, he made those he would have gone further, but they constrained him. Notice that word they. Don't overlook that word they. Because, Brother Josh, that word they signifies that it was more than just one. It was more than just one. But on this day, I believe it was like this. When it says they, it didn't say he wanted him, it didn't say she wanted him, but it said they wanted him. You know, as I begin to look at that, I thought, you know what? On this day, you got a husband that looks at his wife and says, I don't want him to depart from us. And the wife looks back at him and says, I'm glad you said that because I don't want him to go either. Can I say to you with the God in this hour, there will be mamas and daddies in unison to go. Say, we need you, Lord. 
say this, I've been around long enough. No, there have been times that I've been invited over to somebody's house. And I found out real quick, he may have wanted me there, but she didn't want me there. Y'all know how it is, men? When you, when you got all something planned, you got what you're going to do when you get home. You, get, you got work, a hard day's worth of work. and You got all this planned out. What you going to do at home? You going to watch your favorite hunt show? You going to watch uh, Alabama lose the national championship? You going to watch all these things? You got all this planned out. What you going to do? And then you get home. You get home. And this is what she says. Hey, I invited. Amen. Y'all like that. Amen. He said... Amen. He said, they, you ever, you ever got home and had everything planned out, what you was going to do just to have her say, I've invited somebody to come over to the house? And you thought to yourself, why in the world did she do that? Don't she know I've had a hard day at work and all I want to do is sit in my lazy boy, drink sweet tea and watch the game? Don't she know I've been doing all this? You ever know how it is when you show up and you, it's evident somebody there don't want you there? But on this day, on this day, the husband said, I want him to stay. And the wife said, I do too. Can I say to you, we're living today. I believe it's just, listen, it's good enough. I'm glad for the pulpit saying they want Jesus. Well, how about when the pool, when the pew says they want Jesus? And when the, listen, wouldn't it be great Sunday preacher when we walk to the pulpit and we looked out over our congregations and we said, church, I just want Jesus. And we heard a voice come back that said, we're glad preacher because we want him too. Can I say to you, we need to get back up to the fact that listen, that I know that if he'll start in me, I understand it can move someone else. But hear me, hear me well. It's just something about when we come together as the body of Christ and say, I want him. Somebody else says, I'm glad because I want him too. Can I say to you, we got to get that want back. And I noticed this, the constraint of this want. But they constrained him saying, abide with us. For it is short evening, and the day is far spent. He went in and carried with them. This constraint, the Bible, we know, we understand this is the same word that's used when Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. I like what one black preacher said about this word constrained. He said, it's just simply a word for a friendly kidnapping. You know how it is when you had somebody say, hey, said, uh, I said, why don't you come do this? And you said, no, I don't want to do that. But they just kept on insisting. Come on, we want you to come. Oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. They said, no, 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 we want you to come on in. Come on in. Come on. And they consist and consist until you just finally give up and give in. I mean, what I'm saying Jesus is doing here, but what I'm saying is the fact is they let him know that they wanted him to come in. And they just, listen, they just kept on. No one said, we want you to come. Days far spent. The day is at hand. Let me say to you this morning, we still got to have Jesus. We got to have Jesus. We find there's a want that must be rendered. We find there's the word that must be received. But lastly this morning, let me say this. There's the wonder that must be realized. You see, when Jesus shows up and gets into the house with them, listen to me, I'm almost done. When Jesus gets into the house with them, look what He does when He gets in the house. We know the, the custom of that day was that the host is supposed to serve the guest. Used to be that way in America. Can I get a witness? The host is to serve the guest. But you see in this text, they're inviting Jesus to come in. So we'll say it like this, He's the guest. But when He shows up in the house, He becomes the host. Because when they sit down at the table, they sit down at the table, you know what I find? I see Mary, she's bringing the, the bread to the table. And Jesus just reaches out and He takes that bread. 
See, he just he takes control. Can I just say this? Friend, let me say that this is his house. And I understand what Revelation 3 said. He said, He stands at the door and knock. And if any man will come under, he'll open them, come under them and himself with them and them with him. I understand what that's dealing with saved people. But hear me, hear me well. Friend, if we open the door and let him come in, he's going to come in. And when he shows up, he ain't going to sit on the back row. He ain't going to be hidden. But thank God when he shows up, he's going to take control of the servant. Everything that they've done will be centered around Jesus. He becomes the host. He starts serving. I begin to think, the Bible said at the end of this, it said that when we find whatever happened in this house was what revealed to them that this was Jesus. Go on and say, when He leaves them, He says that their, their heart burned within them as they walked by the way. revealed the Scriptures to them, walked in the way. I begin to think about that. What was it that Jesus did for them? That revealed to them to where they realized that it was Jesus. I just thought about a few things. Maybe it wasn't when they brought the bread out and Jesus took that bread. He's got that bread within His hands. They've already heard Him speak the Word. All, the Bible does say their hearts are already starting to burn. But now it's starting to cultivate. He takes this bread and the Bible said He blessed it. I kind of thought maybe when they bowed their heads and, and Jesus said these words, Maybe said it like this, our Father, or my Father. All of a sudden, I kind of picture in my mind, maybe when he uttered that word Father, maybe Cleophas picked his eye open and said, wait a second, I remember the last time I heard somebody pray. And they spoke to their Father. It sure did sound a lot like that. And maybe old Mary sitting there thinking, wait a second, the last time I heard somebody pray, it was Jesus that prayed like that. Because let me say this, there ain't never been someone prayed greater than the Lord Jesus Christ. And maybe when they heard Him start praying, maybe they got to think, wait a second, there's something, wait a second. And when Jesus takes the bread, He breaks the bread. Maybe they got to think, and maybe they were in there in John chapter number 6, in that multitude. They said, wait a second, I remember, I remember the last time somebody like this started serving us bread. I remember the last time somebody said said the prayer like that. I, I remember the last time that somebody took the bread and broke it like that. I remember the last time. You see what Jesus, I believe, He's slowly just revealing Himself unto them. This is what I believe it really was. That got them to the point where they said, is when they handed that bread out. Maybe Mary was sitting on His left hand. Y'all go with Maybe Cleophas is on His right hand. Mary And Jesus hands the bread over here. And he hands the bread over there. When they, when they take the bread out of his hands, they see those those wounds within his hand. And I kind of get the picture. So, oh my goodness! Wait a second. The last time I saw hands like those hands, it was three days ago when they went out into the cross. They said, "We well, got to look at those hands." They said, wait a second. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. And the Bible said that when He showed, listen, when they noticed that, when they saw it, He vanished out of their sight. Can I say to you, those hands, I believe, is what revealed that bread. Those hands, those wounds. Last time they saw somebody with their hands out like that. Last time they saw nails being put in those hands. But he said, somebody help me. He ain't on the cross no more. Somebody help me. He ain't in the tomb no more. But now he's sitting at the table. And he's a servant. 
Oh, I want to say thank God. I want to remind you this thing. I'm, I'm glad, thank God, that on a hill far away stood an old ragged cross and Jesus died. But thank God He got out. And I want to say thank God He lives forevermore. But you know what? As I said, days far spent. It was night when they went into the house. But what happened within the heart? They said our hearts burned within us. Why open unto us the Scriptures? When He walked with us in the way, and then the breaking of bread, this is what they said. This is so good. we got to get back to Jerusalem. Hold on just a second. It was dark when they made it home. The day was far spent. We don't know how long Jesus was in the house. But whatever, listen, that fire burning within them, that fire burning, they said, I don't, I don't believe anyone ever looked out the window and said, boy, it sure is darker now than it was when we first got here. We just know common sense. If it was dark when they went in the house, it's darker now. Yeah. You know what they did? They didn't care. What, listen, what time of the day it was, it didn't make no difference to them because He was alive. Amen. What are you trying to say, preacher? Listen, it's dark today. Let me say this, we're living in some very dark days. But when your heart starts burning... And you realize God's still in control. And you realize God's still in charge. You know the day's dark. But there's something burning within you that said, I just got to go let a lost and dying world know that He's alive. He's alive. I know it's dark, preacher. I know everybody's lost their mind. But it ain't time to quit. It ain't time to burn out. It's time to burn on. They go back to Jerusalem. I'm saying, I don't know how long it took them, but I have a... Sneaky suspicion, they probably got there a whole lot quicker than it took for them to get home. I saw my grandfather this morning. He said they were probably so on fire for God that if they could have looked behind them, there would have been a smoke trail. <laughs> could you imagine when they come back into the city limits, the last time that they saw them, they walked out of those city limits with their head down low, saying it's all over with. It's all good. But the now they come into the city limits, they've got a spring in their step. They've got joy in their soul. They've got a fire that's burning because He's alive. Let me share this with you. I'm done. Let me share this with you. I love the fire out of this. Listen to this. Look what it says. They rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem, found the living gathered together, them that were with them saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and hath appeared to Simon. And they told where things were done in a way, how He was known to them in the breaking of bread. They start talking about the bread again. Look who shows up again. <laughs> and as they thus spake, Jesus Himself stood in the midst. Can I say, when you go to magnifying Him, when you go to talking about Him, He'll show up. Last time that he was around the bread. Next time he shows up, it's around the bread. Can I say to you, I'm glad, thank God, that what we still need in this hour, it's Jesus. Yeah.